Well, hello, friends. I'm back with another episode of The Conversation, which is my opportunity to talk to interesting people about life in the coronavirus and even life beyond it as we emerge, we hope, in the coming weeks and months. My interesting person today is John Baker. Uh, John, I have known for probably all of my years at Browncroft, 15 years at Browncroft Community Church, but John is the uh, the owner and the proprietor, he and his wife, Colleen, with the great iconic Cheesy Eddie's here in Rochester, New York. And I know and, and love his family, but he's also a business owner. It's, a, it's an important business in this city. Um, someone who, like probably you know, um, hundreds of us even uh, maybe listening to this, but you know, certainly many hundreds in our city and beyond our city, um, but we're here in Rochester uh, reflecting on what it means to be living in this moment because um, most of the businesses in our country um, are, you know, small to medium-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. They're not the Amazons and the uh, Microsofts and the Apples. So, uh, but many of you, even if you don't know John uh, or Colleen, you would know of Cheesy Eddie's. It's been around since 1976, which I'm reading mm-hmm. off of John's shirt. If you were here, you would know that. <laughs> but John, who fell in love with this business um, as a really as a patron when he was working at Merkle Donahue, which is another great uh, Rochester company. And he uh, decided, uh, he can maybe say a little bit more about it as we get into this conversation, to buy this business, which he did um, 17 years ago. Uh, and and did a, uh, did a uh, dual career track with Merkle Donahue mm-hmm. for about 10 years yeah. uh, with uh, Cheesy Eddie's and has now been at the, at the helm with his wife, Colleen, for 17 years, but six years solo. And then just one year ago, more or less, give or take, they opened a second location uh, in Henrietta in uh, the area where um, a lot of businesses are. I call it the Palmer's area, but is there a name for that area? It's called the Rochester Regional Market. The Rochester Regional Market. We say Palmer's is the anchor there. That's usually where you can- So if you've been there to go to Palmer's or Lori's, you've been there. But anyway, welcome, Mm -hmm. John. Glad that you're here. Thank you, Rob. Great to be here. Thank you. And uh, let me, uh, before we dive in uh, with some of our questions- how is uh, how is uh, you, how's the family? How are you and Colleen and your uh, your now adult kids doing? They're doing pretty well. It was a, it was a um, a little bit of a hard weekend for our daughter because she graduated from oh. nursing school and, and college on Friday Saturday and uh, and it was not much of a graduation. Of course, this is happening all over the country. So so it was kind of bittersweet for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but uh, she got through it and, and glad she she worked really hard to get to that point and did a tremendous job and. Our son is uh, currently with us because New York City was the hot spot early on, and he saw it coming before it started to blow up. So he came this way, oh gosh, uh, you know, two months ago, almost. And uh, he's been kind of helping us on the side and working remotely for him, or for his job in New York City, which he just announced his departure uh, wow. to join us. He just announced this week wow. to his team, and is doing that uh, as we speak, actually. So, but how interesting that just in these few minutes, um, three ways that coronavirus. Um, has impacted your family. Number one, you're a small business owner, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Two, um, your daughter, your your younger of your two kids, like a lot of high school and college kids, um, students, young adults, I should say, um, missed her graduation. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, I, I uh, you know, that's it's just another one of the many ways in which this um, this pandemic has has yeah. has impacted people uh, across 
the you know generations. And then your son, um, who I know is older and has been out of college for just a handful of years, who has been working in the great New York City. So <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. Stephen has been there for what? I don't know, half a dozen uh, years or less? They're, yeah, they're about five years. Really. Yeah. yeah. So um, he is was living until very recently in the epicenter of the problem in mm-hmm. in our country and in some cases in the world. Right. So, wow, this thing's really um, certainly touched your family in a way. Um, so let's dive in. Um, and let me ask you the question that really started this whole podcast for me, but you can think of it in the context of a business owner, which is, you know, you you were at the helm of your business, certainly in the, because um, you said 17 years, you, you were there for the um, 08, 09 great financial um, mm. crash or whatever we're calling it. Uh, that's not the right term. But what we had in the in the housing um, bubble and the yep. financial um, troubles that we had, and that's one example. And you were at, I suppose, Merkel Donahue at 9-11, I guess. Mm. Were you there? Yep. Yeah. So that was before Cheesy Eddie's, but, but just a few years before. Yep. Right. But when you look at what we're going through now, all right, this, uh, this pandemic, would you say that what we're have experiencing now is a, you know, a an episode to be endured, maybe like the uh, financial uh, challenge that we had, um, the great financial setback of two thousand eight and nine, um, something that we need to endure, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll get we'll bounce, or would you say this is a transformational moment that we are, whether it's cheesy eddies or other parts of our community, are going to. Um, uh, emerge something altogether different. Yeah, I don't see how we couldn't be different as a nation um, for the, a long, long time. The depth and breadth of what we're experiencing is, you know, well, certainly unprecedented in, in the type that we're experiencing. But I think even the the depth of and think about and think about being out of work and and losing so many people um, over the course of time mm-hmm. and so so much fear and so many habits that have changed and there's it the the dynamic is just extraordinary, and I, yeah, I, I think we're changed forever, really, more, more than we are even, even through, you know, nine eleven mm-hmm. and some of the other major catastrophic events in our, in our recent history, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't imagine, I can't imagine us not being, like, especially, and if there's, you know, a resurgence of any significance, that would even send it, you know, deeper, darker, or longer. I think, as far as the impact. Do you remember? Was there any um, um, adjustment? At the at your business at Cheesy Eddie's in the oh seven oh eight oh nine e season when that happened, did you have to make any adjustment? You know, honestly, very little that I can remember. Yeah. It was a it was an intense time because I did have both jobs going and young kids mm-hmm. traveling and such like and such. But I was amazed at how kind of recession proof yeah. our business is. Mm. Um, it's got one of those affordable luxuries, I think, for folks that if they're going to have a birthday once a year, they're not going to skip their favorite. Uh, you know, carrot cake or cheesecake or whatever, mm-hmm. um, just because they're you know things are down a little bit or they're struggling a bit. I think it's you know it's just in a sweet spot. No, no pun intended. Um, and, right. And how it appeals to people and and the niche it fills and you know just yeah it, 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 it was cool to see. Maybe it, so. before we go in because I I take I I'm I'm, I'm uh, you know taking for granted that everyone knows what I know. Um, give me the elevator pitch on on if someone doesn't know what Cheesy Eddie's is. How do you guys describe yourself? Um, dessert bakery, um, specializing in cheesecake and carrot cake, but um, uh, you know, all, everything's made from scratch by hand. I can kind of a um, 
you know, a throwback, if you will, the way we, we baked mm. the way you would have baked a hundred years ago, mm. you know, and using, using all natural ingredients and try and keep it really consistently, um, the quality high and mm. service high and, and loving on people uh, through our, through our business and through our, our sweet stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not a, a sweet tooth person at all, but, uh, I'm, uh, I'm devoted to, uh, the carrot cake, but I don't know. Is that is that more well? Is that is that your number one seller? Or is it cheesecake? You know, it's it, it, well because cheesecake we sell so many flavors that I we're see. originally known for. Yeah. The carrot cake will catch you by surprise. I typically hate carrot cake, but I love love our carrot cake, wow. and it's an extraordinary dessert. Yeah, so it really it appeals is. to a lot of people. Uh, just it, something about it just hits yeah. people in the right way, which is great. So one thing that you just told me uh, just recently, not uh, today, but which I didn't know, was how you guys back to what's different for the coronavirus response. Mm-hmm than these other challenges, even in your 17 years of business. So tell me a little bit about um, how you responded when you told me you shut down. Mm-hmm. And did you, were you planning on shutting down? Did you know how long you were going to shut down? How, just tell us your thinking about how yeah, you responded. I, I tell you what, that, that's really hard for a guy who, who, who who's sold his whole life for a living and wants to just serve customers and be there. And yet I just, I felt like we didn't know what we were facing and I could see the kind of concern and fear and hesitation in our employees and didn't know the best way to go forward and needed time to kind of take a breather and see what made sense for us. So we closed and sent everyone home, um, except my wife and I we went to work because we still had some wholesale customers and some retail business we committed to and other things going on. And we were going to, and shipping still continued because people couldn't travel, but they could ship a cake. So we should do a lot of that. So we kept things going best we could. And then through the help of, you know, family, uh, including our son, uh, developed a really great online store that has allowed us to be uh, come back in a much faster, much stronger mm. way than we had imagined. And so we opened back up. We were quite closed, not quite two weeks. Wow. And then already we're back uh, uh, to probably 85% of our employment. And we may go over 100% in the next week or two because we're it's requiring more work to, to do the same amount of business. And we're not quite to the same, but you know, it's more work for the for less dollars right now because mm-hmm. of the uh, the way that we're doing things to keep things socially distant and safe. And did you, the day you shut down, this I'm assuming this is March something, mm-hmm. um, did you know what was next? Or did you say, we're going to shut down for two weeks, we're going to shut down for a week, we're going to play it by a day at a time? I, did you have yeah. a plan? I, I didn't know for sure. You know, I, I said, we need to close for, for a period of time. I didn't know how long. I didn't want it to be very long. I just wanted time to, mm. to get my head around the best I could what we were faced with and what would be the best way to go forward for our customers and our staff that did come back and uh, and for the business. And so uh, over time, it became more clear. We could do curbside. Mm. We could do shipping. We could do some of our wholesale deliveries. And we could um, you know do this new online store, which, which helped a lot. Um, thankfully. And one other thing you told me again in our previous conversation that I think would be would really helpful, and I'm interested to know how true this is for other businesses or organizations like a church. And you had said to me, you hinted at it here before that you had a very modest online business, maybe a, mm-hmm. a um, you know, sort of uh, sleepy website. Those weren't your words, but I mean, it's <laughs> a nice way to put it. Yeah, actually, <laughs> but all of a sudden you um, said, you know, really like in a in in a I've heard people talk about telemedicine be going from you know the back burner to the very front burner like at the in the hospital system but what was that transition like and and how how far did you go and how where are you now and as far as transitioning to use this different kind of uh um marketing and and, yeah. and delivery yeah the uh I'm 
probably more than three quarters of what we're doing right now comes through that online store. So people wow. will go on in, in advance um, and all of our website, old website and new website and our phone messages and such will drive people to that store so they can see everything. Because if you can't come in the building, you don't really know necessarily what's available. And so we put everything out there and try and make sure we keep up with the inventory to, to manage all that. So it's a very different model. You know, when it was very much, everybody came in your store, looked at the case, uh -huh. want that, or they ordered ahead of time, came in, grabbed their, their cheesecake and, and uh, walked out. So the, the neat thing was the model didn't have to change drastically in, in regards to, they didn't come and sit down like at a restaurant. Right. So that transition was easier for us than many others. So we just had to move our pickup, if you will, for your orders right. from the cafe area we, to the loading dock, which you've seen, mm -hmm. uh, where we actually have meet people with their packages neatly mm -hmm. wrapped up and their name on it and set down on top of a little crate. They can just grab it and maybe that will keep people, you know. And how long safe. did it take you to spin this up? I mean, to get ready to do that? Not, not very long. I, I would say probably, uh, you know, in less than 10 days, wow. we were able to get the website up and wow. going and, you know, change the model to curbside and keep tweaking that. Uh, and there was, you know, obviously kinks to work out initially, but did extraordinarily well. And it was neat because people were so gracious to, when they come and they realize, you know, you're trying hard. They're just glad you're back open because they, it's, you know, they, it's special to them to get, you know, their favorite thing for their dad or for their wife or for their son or whatever, for their uh, special event, birthday, whatever. And they were just thankful that a local business was doing okay and there for them. And, and they wanted to be there for us, which is really yeah, just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I so love about your story and I, I'm interested to follow it and others like it, um, the transition back to, will we emerge something different? Mm. Not only are you now, at least in this moment, have gone three quarters of your business is going through a platform that was very lightly used or, or, or you know, not very yeah. active in a 10 day period. Boom, you're doing it. Yeah. And you said to me, cause your new store has only been open a year. You said this to me that even though your, your first store, we didn't mention this, mm. you have one on South Avenue, the, the sort of, you know, the, the iconic original cheesy Eddie's, mm. which is on the corner of South and Averill. Yep. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's and, uh, that most people would know in our city, but the new one in the, um, you said it now, I'm going to forget the regional, name. regional, market. regional market by, in, uh, by Palmer's not yeah. right around the corner from Palmer's is um, you said this is, you're, you're basically driving all of your business there, partly because you have a big loading dock mm -hmm. and it's a little safer mm -hmm. relative to um, yep. trans, uh, transactions. Yep. Uh, but it, it's kind of a, a mini blessing in disguise. Right? Yeah, it, well, it, it did put that space that many people didn't even know existed right. because it is relatively new. And as a small business, it's hard to get the word out you know, to in all, the, all the area. And so that has been a, a blessing in disguise, so to speak. Yeah. That, it did happen that way and... and uh, uh, and was the and it was neat that we had it because had we only had 602 South Avenue at the time, right? How we would have managed all this would have been much more difficult and yeah, very challenging. You know, it's interesting. Least. Just as a quick aside, um, again, I'm thinking almost exactly like you're talking about how for for such a time as this, when you want to stay open, you want to do business, and having your regional market a location which has a bigger dock and easy access has allowed you to do this here at Browncroft. Um, you may have heard me say this, I don't know, but in um, when we did our very first service, which, uh, which was, you know, the um, through the streaming only, yep. we were not gathering here yep. as a congregation, which was the 15th of March, yep. which was only two months ago. And it seems like six, but yeah, I mean, exactly two months ago yeah. uh, uh, to the day. And um, that was one year anniversary. We talked about this to the weekend 
that we had the streaming technology to be able to do mm. what we do, right. you know, yeah. in a in a quality fashion. Mm-hmm. But kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and and then the lesson for us is how I would answer that opening question is, you know, how do we we certainly hope uh and and pray that we're gonna be back gathering as a congregation mm-hmm. at, you know at some point in the in the near future. Yeah. But how might certain things never change? How might whatever we've learned, you know, our version of telemedicine, as you have it in Achizietes, how might these things continue, not just for better business, mm-hmm. but for um, for to just the way that the changing the way that the world is functioning, the way that the world yeah. works. Yeah. So right. I'm I'm uh, it's so interesting, and I'm and and to hear you say. Um, at least this is where I remember hearing you that you were at a place where you had, were shut down mm-hmm. and then you transitioned, mm-hmm. went onto an online platform, or used your, you know, transition on the parking lot kind of model yeah. Yeah. and you were back up to, you said, around three quarters of your business yeah, in a, in a, that's kind of an amazing story. Yeah, yeah we were, I, I'm, I'm floored by God's been so good to mm-hmm. you know, bring this back the way it has. I, I could have never done it without, you know, a lot of. So help from again from the family. Yeah. And I was, I'm completely out of out of blue. And anybody anybody that would build a website for you would have been a lot a lot longer. Yeah. And uh, a lot less responsive. And so it just yeah it's just a, not a gift for sure. So speaking of when you the, what you just said in that last few sentences about your response to this. So you've been doing this business for 17 years. Obviously your career is longer than that. Um, mm. But how is your personal faith? So you can talk a little bit about it. Mm. I know you're you. Uh, not everyone sitting in this chair and these kind of things is is a man of or woman of faith, but or of deep faith. But how has your personal faith helped you, John Baker, respond to the situation that you guys are have lived through and are living through? Yeah, M- many ways. I, you know, it, um, I always look at life as though God is always at work, not just in in the world around us, but in us. And I'm in, I'm looking for what what is God or how would God like to use the things of now in my life and in the life of, you know, our business or my relationship with my wife or my family. And, um, it certainly has kept us prayerful and continue looking at, at God's word as to, you know, um, reminding us that this isn't, this isn't it by the way, Ethan, we're not just, we're not just, uh, this is not, this is not our home in the end. Right. But, uh, it, it, it helps you remember that, um, it's not about the things, you know. It's helpful to remember how important uh, people are to us when you can't have the time with people that you love. I haven't seen my daughter in, you know, two and a half months. My wife finally went down to saw her for a graduation, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get away because of, um, you know, the space, the, the Mother's Day weekend here right. for a crazy right. business and all that one stuff. So uh, that was a tough one. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, just trusting his hand as it work. Right. And whatever's coming and, and amazed at how how good he's been to us and we're just really fortunate. You know? Was there any lesson that you, um, I don't know whether it's a lesson you learned, a scripture that captured your imagination, a, a principle as you, especially, and I'm thinking of those 10 days that you're down, that either you or Colleen, that something just you know, um, impressed you, um, that impressed upon your heart at all that you can think of? Um, um, yeah, you know, it's funny because one of the things was we we thought like many people, you got to go home and you got to catch up on you know making a, doing puzzles together or, co- or right. cooking together and all that. And it was actually the the opposite for us. We actually because we were trying to manage everything on our own and not bring anybody back in because we didn't we didn't know we thought social distancing was was 
imminent and critical. So we said nobody should be in there except us. Right. So we were as busy as we probably ever have I been see. during that period of time. So um, I think my wife kept thinking, Colin kept thinking that uh, you know, eventually we're just going to be able to stay home and enjoy our home for a change and that never happened. Because <laughs> right. the online store went up, then I we were see. back off to the races again. So mm. that was, a again, a double-edged sword. Wonderful that it happened. Mm. Uh, she's still looking for a break. At right. some point, <laughs> probably not bad for either one of us, but mm. uh, anyway, so uh, that's one of the more um, so people can maybe get to know you a little bit better. How would you say your your personal story? I know you grew up um, in Alfred here in, <laughs> in Western New York, yeah. Uh, I've met your dad before, your brother, at least one of them. Um, mm -hmm. But how has your personal story shaped your professional life? Yeah, that, that was a tough one for me to try and think through. Um, or if you can think about it. I, um, you know, I, I'm very self-motivated, self, self, yeah, self-motivated. And yet as, as you have this business and you bring in people and you start to coordinate all these other things that you could, that are outside your control, I began to realize how ill-equipped I was to lead, uh, you know, get out in front of and lead a group of people mm -hmm. uh, doing something that was, you know, uh, very challenging and, and growing constantly. So um, it gave me the drive and the desire to do it, but it didn't necessarily, wasn't necessarily prepared for the challenges of you know, trying to lead a group of people. So that's probably the biggest challenge we face now is as we're growing and in, in the most challenging environment we've ever been in, you know, how do I do it? It's really been uh, extraordinary. Um, the intensity of the last you know, two months and how clear it's made me see the 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 lack of um getting out in front of what i have helped create or or uh, continue and and help lead the charge in front rather than try and manage all the things as we're going about day by day because we're never really out in front of it uh and so that's um so so an independent you know driven hard-working guy uh, can't just make it happen without um better you know good people around him and uh, God's direction to try and figure out how to help him grow as he gets into this further into this whole thing. So, um, so I'm I'm being stretched pretty good actually mm. to make that happen, and um, and seeing the need more clearly than ever. Um, so, I'm I'm hoping and praying that there's um, I'm, I'm, I'm hope for me to continue to grow and some mm. good people like my son coming on board to help right. me manage the enormity of what we're trying to get done. Because part of it is I'm trying to do too much, so I'm. Not doing doing justice to the things of that might bring better value long term because I'm trying to get through the day mm. today um, crush if you will. Yeah. What what is your dad? I'm who I've met. What did he do for a living? Primarily, primarily he was a uh, basketball coach okay. and he coached basketball uh, at Elfer University um, for a bunch of years, about twenty years. Wow. Uh, also coached tennis during that time. Wow. And for a short time, he, they let him coach three things. He could coach soccer, but they made him check. He was check, uh, check out of one of those. And he was the assistant, assistant athletic director at Alfred for a bunch of years. And then, mm. and, he saw, and then he had a sales career for the second half of his career, he got, which was a gift from God. He, coaching oh. was really stressful. I and, see. And, uh, and, and it was a hard departure for him. Mm. And that was the best, biggest gift he ever got. So and I know your dad's a man of faith. Sure is. Yeah. Sure is. Yeah. Any great lessons you've, if you had to pick one or two, and he taught you in your your life? Uh, he, you know, one. Uh, boy, I, I, I got to relearn it. He, he's very disciplined. Eighty-five walks twice a day. Uh, he's just super, very devoted. In, you know, his, 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 his quiet time and learning, and just really disciplined. So mm -hmm. that's probably one of the biggest things. And uh, 
Yeah, and it was neat too because he um, felt like he missed some time with his kids, and then he felt like it was a gift from God to have his grandkids because he, he he felt like he wasn't there as much as he wished he had been with mm. his kids. One of the things that he admitted, uh, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago, mm. it was an interesting turn of life. life How long him. has he been retired, your dad? Um, he slowly went into retirement, but I think he worked into his early 70s, wow. probably. Okay. Not all that long. Mm. Yeah, part time. What would you say, John, in your career? Maybe we've already talked about it, so you mm. could say that is the greatest um, difficulty, the, the greatest surprise, you might say, where you're most surprised. Like if I said to you, you're going to take over Cheesy Eddie's and you'd say, well, I'm going to have to, you know, learn how to, um, you know, I'm going to expect to not make money the first few years, or I'm going to mm -hmm. expect to, you know, um, be subject to, you know, the, the same kinds of, um, you know, ebb and flow there is for, you know, retail, you know, there's things that you expected. Mm-hmm. But would if I if someone would say to you you know or I'm asking you you know what was the biggest surprised where were you most surprised yeah. um, what would you say yeah, I, I would I would say I was um, optimistically uh, naive in the fact that I thought at some point we would come in and and we would learn the business raise people up to help us run the business and have you know a, a balance you know some people call it a lifestyle uh, job or or, or business. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I found that it, it, it wasn't working for us. We're, we're not there yet. 17 years in, we're, we're in as mm -hmm. much as ever. So, um, realizing how hard it is to get to that point, to have I the see. business you want to have okay. and not have it, have you, so to speak. I see. Well time, said. Yeah. Is, is a challenge. Wow. One of the biggest challenges for us. And, uh, following that very good answer, I'll, I won't follow up with that cause there's a lot to that, mm. but I know you're in the middle of it. Um, but that's a great lesson to learn. And, and sometimes that's, maybe you need a different plan. Sometimes you need to adjust your thinking. That's what it is when you take over a business, maybe. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe you're at a moment with your son. I hope so. That's that's exciting for you and for yeah, him. for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But what, when you think about the greatest challenge, the greatest difficulty, you one thing you are as a leader, you know, uh, to take over a business. And if you had to, if someone were to ask you, if your son were to ask you, okay, and say, you know, Dad, what is the most important quality of leadership, mm. you know, that you think would be important for me, who is at the front end of my career, um, still in his late 20s, right, your son? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what is the most important quality of leadership or quality needed for a leader uh, th at this point in your life? How would you answer that question? Yeah. Um, it's funny. I read a great book by uh, Richard Blackaby, and, and they... They interviewed you know, hundreds or thousands of CEOs, and they found one um, consistent characteristic they found in almost every one of them. And, and it, it, it surprised me, and yet it, it and in different, and in different, I would have maybe use a different word, but it was affection mm. for the people. They all mm. cared deeply about the people that work with them. Mm. And I think that's that genuine care is uh, probably one of the most valuable things we can bring to our day to day mm. that we don't lose sight of. That we have people working for us that have a different. Everybody has a different story, mm. and um, and how important it is we make sure we value them, not just the job they're doing. That's great, you know. So, um, and that, and I, I hope that bears fruit for us. I think, and I, I think mm. it's the only way. It's the only way I'd, I'd want to work is to yeah. have the people be primary. And right. um, that's and great. So I yeah, think that's really helpful. That's Go a ahead. great. That's a great um, lesson and a great word for 
anybody who's mm. in the business or a business. Uh, where are you most challenged, sort of changing gears from business to faith? <laughs> um, and maybe, again, you've answered some of this, but where are you most challenged in your walk of faith today? Um, you know, the first thing I thought of when, when I saw that is, okay, yeah, especially, and I'll, and I'll be transparent with you and everybody listening too, for that matter, um, that, uh, you know, um, working with your better half uh, mm-hmm. is, 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 is wonderful at times and really difficult at yeah. many times as well. We're, we're there together 24-7. So I'm thinking that, you know, we're supposed to have the fruits of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right. goodness. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm falling a little short on that on some days, uh, too many days. So that's, I would say, you know, trying to live, live the fruits of the Spirit out in my relationship, um, especially with my wife, isn't always um, what it could be and should be. And uh, mm. uh, yeah, and that's probably one of the biggest challenges. I suppose, you know, when to take off your cheesy Eddie hat and put on your husband hat or whatever, right? That's yeah. yeah. I, you know, we're and, and neither one of us uh, do well with boundaries, and that's and yeah. that's and that's mm. um, uh, an issue that we both I think have struggles with. We don't, you know, when to necessarily turn the clock off sometimes, and that can be problematic for sure. Um, as a you know a, a faithful um, follower of Jesus for many years, I'm just since I have the opportunity to sit with people like you, how might the church, not necessarily this one, but also this one, how might the church um, be different or need to be different um, in the other side of the coronavirus? Yeah, it's interesting because it, it's awesome. I thought about when you know when I was watching your online service this weekend too, and just thinking about um, it's neat that you can reach so many people that may never step foot in your in your building potentially, at least for the first time. Uh, there's a lot of power there, but it also, um, I mean, the wrong thing to say, but it gives them a pass to not have to walk into the church and be any more involved than just hearing a good sermon. Hopefully, right, you know? right, right. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so yeah, I, so I guess hopefully it can open the doors, literally and figuratively, to people that yeah. would come in mm-hmm. and once they've tested the waters, yeah. that wouldn't have come in if they hadn't yeah. got a feel for it online that's before. Good. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but you got to make sure that people are willing to get out of their PJs and come to church right. still because being with other people, is just there's nothing to replace that of a long haul. Yeah, you know? yeah I, th- I think you nailed it. I think there's both an opportunity to challenge the opportunity being people who would who would um, who have now experienced the church that wouldn't have because mm-hmm. of various reasons and inhibitions mm-hmm. and disinterest, uh, fear, whatever. But it's also, and that's a plus, and I think we've already seen that. Yeah. But uh, also to um, you know, for for it's a test of the metal of everybody else. You mm-hmm. know, is is you know, I, how, where how deep is our faith? How deep is our commitment? Mm-hmm. How quick are we able? You know, and it's hard to gauge this to um, uh, for something to be slip away and not become Maybe. important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it will be fascinating to yes. see over time. I'm uh, once all risk and fear is abated. You know, mm-hmm. what, what's left? Yeah. So for me, as a final question, kind of an open-ended question, you know, this could be true for Cheesy Eddie's, it could be true for for Browncroft, but certainly for our community. You know, what's your best hope, um, ending positively, Mm. for us as a community, both church and, uh, you know, the business community? What's your best hope for us coming out of this? You know, Mm. in other words, what are the lessons to be learned um, about what we're going through, whether it's could have, should have, or it's 
taking advantage of opportunities like like you had mentioned even in your own business you know what are what are the what's your best hope for us as a community coming out of the coronavirus yeah I, I, in many things I, I i hope we can can be different you know be, be nice if, if we could all be a little more <laughs> gracious and grateful for the things we do have um i think for sure it's shown all of us if we're willing to acknowledge it how little control we really have you know we think we have all this control especially in the u.s when we have so much uh affluence um and yet how much control do you have right you know did you have over the last few months over who you saw where you went what, and what you did it was much more limited than before assuming you're even healthy and then people who are sick and my brother was very sick with the covid for a long time wow. so um uh, yeah so it so hopefully you know but they'll recognize the uh the value of our relationships, I think, is one of the things, you know, wow. and, and how how much time with people is is one of our most precious uh, yeah. things we can have in our life, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird to me. You know, not even want to feel like you can shake hands with people right. or let alone give them a hug or whatever. It's just, yeah. you know, I, I hope we can maybe cherish that just a little bit more. When yeah. We're back. Well, I like what you said that 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 um, resonates with your, you know, one of your... Um, leadership um uh c comments that mm. you know people matter mm. and and as, as you've tried to um exemplify that or or practice that in your business with your employees mm -hmm. um it's it's maybe becoming all the more important and true mm. it, that yeah. that yeah. what we need to realize is you know the everyday ways in which we um you know spend time with people or socialize with people or or more than socialize with people, you know, spend quality time with them. Um, maybe now that we've been without it, mm. you know, for to a large degree, yeah. we still live yeah. with people, but um, uh, that that would be a great outcome, I think, of yeah. this um, situation for us. Yeah, me too. So say just before we close, you mentioned to me about your brother, so now that you brought yeah. it up. Yeah. So again, I started out with three ways that this has touched yeah. your life. Say a little bit about that. Yeah, he. Uh, short, short story is he he, he had um, son and daughter-in-law that were missionaries in China. They left China as soon as it started to happen, so they would escape the, the the potential disease, and then end up in Malaysia. And my brother was supposed to go to China to see his uh, son and daughter-in-law with his wife. Ended up meeting them in Malaysia right around the first week in March, um, and then Malaysia was getting ready to close down their their flights. And so he literally, after you know three or four days out of a twelve-day trip. They had to jump on a plane and come home through New York City, and uh, shortly, I guess it was yeah, within a week after he got back, he was sick and and was in the hospital twice, and wow, and I really had a battle. Um, yeah, that was um, and went on for I, I thought he'd be better after a couple of weeks, and even after three weeks, he was still having fevers wow. and and uh, and some tough spells. And yeah. how's he doing today? Much better. Yep, mm. strength still straight. I think it was probably about five weeks or more before he was able to start wow. back to normal and. Um, uh, and, and so he's his strength is almost back to normal. So it it's been a really well, that's uh, wonderful. crazy time for him. So, but much better. Wow. Yeah. So thanks. Certainly, yeah. this has touched the Baker family. It sure has. Yeah. yeah. Well, John, thank you so much. Good to be here. Thanks, Rob. It's a My great pleasure. privilege to be here. And uh, just to remind people where they can find Cheesy Eddie's South Avenue. What's the number? 602 602. <laughs> I know where it is. And uh, and then in the Rochester Regional Market, which uh, is if you've ever pull in there friends off of jefferson you you're facing palmers you just hang a right and it's right around the corner there go, right there. uh but it's uh it's what's your website cheesy eddies that's the new one is it's it's shop cheesy oh, shop yep. cheesy eddies one long word yep 
Okay. So if you haven't checked it out, please mm-hmm. do. And uh, thank you and look forward to another episode of The Conversation. You can join us soon. Thanks, John. <laughs>